0: some sound. Sounds. How about some sound. Hello. Hey, hello. 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 All right. Well. Welcome, everyone, to another installment of Portal to the Infinite, brought to you by the Thousand Suns. IC team and Shamanic Yogi. I am here, Patrick Christopher Colasanti, with Mitchell Ray Doherty Butchka. and Ryan Pfeiffer. We are the community leaders here at Thousand Sons and this is a special podcast. Today we're going to talk about owning your identity. Journeys that we've gone through to really understand who we are and how to express, you know, our truest self. Because here at Thousand Suns, what we desire is to create a space, or what we are creating is a space for everyone who is ready to own themselves to come and move their bodies, you know, breathe into the deepest part of their vessels into the heart space and to listen to who they are and what they are and learn how to express it in a vulnerable and authentic way. And so we're just going to talk a little bit about our journey to really owning ourselves and the things that we've come across and, you know, the things that have caused us to do certain things and why we've done them and, you know, and the things we've learned from doing So. so it up to my brothers if they have anything they want to say. And we'll just uh, flow into how it goes.
1: Yeah, so um, we're here on this uh, community property just living our lives and we like to have good discussions so we are bringing them to you so you can kind of get an insight on our minds and uh, in our lives and realize um, all the connections and similarities that um, all of us have and, and see that the different steps that we're all along on our path um, how we're all very much connected and similar and we all have a chance to do things that each other do and today we're gonna yeah like we said talk a bit about uh, some of the things that have brought us here
2: from you, Ryan? Uh, just second everything you guys said. and um, You know, it's what I've found is that when I start speaking my truth or sharing experiences, it's pretty amazing how often that might be on someone else's mind or they might be going through something similar. And so... Just being here with you guys, you know, to provide that for each other, and and now taking this step to opening it up to anyone who wants to listen is just very beautiful and exciting. So, yeah, beautiful.
0: All right. Well, so what is what got us here was a discussion we had a few nights ago about just our journeys, and it brings me back to. I was in a sweat lodge a few years ago, and I had this sitting across from this guy, and he was really just talking about owning his power, and, and part of him wanted to be the bum on the street, and part of him knew in the deepest part of him what he was capable of, but he wasn't able to you know, bring it out or express it or hold it in his auric field. And I just, you know, I really related to this person because that has been me. You know, I feel like we all are the Ascended Master and we all are the slave. We all live in this dualistic experience. And what we're desiring and what we're conjuring is the ability to hold this, you know, our our highest self, our truest self, our most vulnerable and authentic self in every moment, regardless of where the waves are taking us or where our journey is. You know, at any time we can fall into that closed off introverted energy and really just like, feel like we're not worthy or no one cares or, you know, who am I to express myself? You know, society that we live in is very, Go with the flow. We're not concerned about the police. Uh, you know the the government. The government uh, influences through media and allows the populace to control the populace you know David Ike talks about this that you know we're more concerned about the judgment of our neighbors this idea of keeping up with the Joneses and really just I think all of us here have broken broke out of that mold and we just march to our own drum we do as we please and we have released the shame around it and so that's what we really want to share is that that realization that you can do, be, express, whatever is authentic to you, you know, Mitchell here holds dance meditation every Sunday and it's all about just going in and bringing out whatever crazy noise or, or wacky movement uh, and bringing it into the room because when we can do these things in public groups, it gives us such freedom. I, I remember a time where I you know, took all my clothes off and walked around Detroit naked, and it was just this huge liberating experience. Yeah, back to my Sweat Lodge experience. After Sweat Lodge, this person came up to me and he was like, hey, you know, I just got to express this, like, you're really triggering me. He's like, and I'm a psychologist, like, I know it's not you, it's me, but you really fucking trigger me. Like, why do you get to wear a skirt? Like, I want to wear a skirt. And currently, you know, I'm wearing a skirt. I got a crop top just this past mm-hmm. this past year. I've been wearing a lot of crop tops. And I've found, um, you know, through my journey, we can wear whatever we want as long as you own it. And we don't have to get permission from anyone. And I've seen things that I wear now that I couldn't wear before, um, you know. I have my nails long and they're painted and I'm a very masculine person yet it doesn't matter. Uh, and so I just, you know, I was talking to this person and I was like, well, you can wear a skirt too, you know. Um, I have extra if you want one. <laughs> and it was just this, I watched this mirror of he wasn't in his power and he was, part of him was jealous that I was Living my authentic self and you know, I haven't always been there and I'm not always there just recently now I've really worked to own it at all times um, Regardless of the flow of life and so I'm you know, we're all human we're all have suffering and It doesn't have to stop us from owning who you are and that is the message of this podcast. Uh, you know, just really listen to yourself and and what what do you want? Like, if you woke up tomorrow and you had no fear of your parents or your familial judgment, no no concern about what your partner said, you know, or your friends said, your peer group, you know, the place that you work, you know, so long in the old paradigm, we couldn't have piercing and tattoos. And I remember my dad just like, you have to dress a certain way because you need to fit in, in this world. And it was like his world. And what I've realized is that, you know, it doesn't matter how many felonies you have, how many face tattoos you have, whatever it is, like if you really vibrate with something in your heart, you'll find a way to do it. And it doesn't mean the road is always gonna be easy, but, It is so much better there's so much more space and freedom when we just follow that road that is authentic to ourselves because we are doing what is right for ourselves and disclaimer that doesn't mean step on or shit on or you know hurt other people we have to be conscious of other people yet if we're doing things that harm no one else and allow us to express ourselves to the fullest, it, you know, that's what we're here to do. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Yeah, so, I don't know, open it up to anyone's story or experience or, you know, I think we've all come a long way in really owning who we are, and every day we're 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 doing it to the, to the next degree, and so...
2: Yeah, and so, uh, part of this podcast, also the same conversation we were having the other night that kind of spurred this podcast, we were talking a lot about relationships, or past relationships more in particular, and what more fitting for, you know, February 14th for us to be talking about, um, you know, uh... I learned a lot in in my past relationships, and uh, one in particular, the most recent, I was married for five years, and um, I was working in a career that was, you know, making great money and paying bills, and I had a beautiful wife that loved me and supported me, and. Um, you know from the outside it was like everything was going good how it's supposed to according to you know societal beliefs like uh, you know just going through the motions is what I was doing Uh, graduated college and got a job and got a girlfriend and then got married and bought a house and got a dog and you know it's like this I feel like that's just portrayed so much out there in the world, um, you know, through movie, you know, romantic movies that we watch, like this, this life. But for myself, it never felt uh, fully true, fully authentic. Um, you know, there were many things that I loved about that life. Um, But there was some major things missing and and what that was, was just me not listening to myself. Um, It was kind of like, you know, I'd have that voice inside me trying to tell me, but I would push it away or I would um, try not to listen to it because I knew if I listened to it, then I was going to have to do some work. And... And that was uh, what I ended up doing which was getting out of the marriage that I was in and getting out of the career that I was in and um, you know those were some pretty big mountains for me to to climb and to conquer and um, what I realized was that as soon as I started listening to that voice of intuition that voice from my heart Although there was very hard times and sad times and all that, um, the universe really just started to unfold and present things to me that I never would have imagined. Um, And I guess if there's anyone listening that, you know, is in a spot where I was a couple years ago, um... It's just so important to have that trust and that faith, I think, is what it comes down to, is that you are loved, you are taken care of, we are all one, we're from the same one consciousness, and and that's what's helping us in our lives, and um, really believing that and trusting that and having faith in that is... I think, for me, has been one of the most important things.
0: What was the catalyst that pushed you into doing you?
2: Yeah, um, the catalyst, I'd say, was... Uh, I'm not, like, super big on labeling things with anything, but, you know, it was like... I was in this, like, highly functional state of depression so like i could do everything that i needed to do from the outside no one would have ever known so i was like functioning and everything but on the inside i was just being eaten away and and um you know i'd have these fucked up thoughts that just entered my mind like wanting to die or like drive my car into a fucking you know it's the concrete of a overpass and you know shit like that that's that uh you know would come up and then and, and i try to like push that shit down and push that shit down and you know that's what i did for about four years and it was almost like i um i yeah it was like a breaking point it was like I knew that I loved myself and I loved my wife and um, I just didn't understand why I was having these thoughts and these feelings and I was super blessed to be with uh, the most one of the most amazing souls I've ever encountered in this life. I had a, a wife who was super open and supportive and, um, you know, one night we were sitting on the couch and it was a very divinely orchestrated experience. Uh, she just kind of looked at me and out of nowhere she asked me, um, did you ever feel pressured to get married to me? and that was kind of something in my life. So like, as I said, I was going through the flow, going through the motions and uh, Lex really wanted to get married. It was a big thing for her. Um, And that's incorporated in her trauma and healing and her story. But it was something that she really desired. And for me, it was like, okay, I love you. Um, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, But, there was a, a part inside of me that it didn't feel right. I, didn't, I think it was more like the timing or whatever. We still had things that I wanted to work out or discuss, and um, you know, I didn't. So I just I went with the flow and and got married. You know, more or less for for her and and for her happiness and. So when we were sitting on the couch that night, you know, it was like this question that was so direct. It literally, like, stabbed me right in the heart. And I just, like, opened up and just explained everything that that I just have been talking about, really, to her. And, and you know, for her, her whole world was falling apart. She was super happy. She loved like, the life that we were living, and, um, you know, there was nothing, nothing, like, super fucked up or crazy about our relationship, like, we loved being together and traveling and living together and all that, and, and so, uh, you know, for her, it was like her life was falling apart, and she still was able to find a place of support and love and compassion for me and, and understanding that that's unconditional love. Exactly. You know, putting yourself aside to really, yes. Um,
1: Hear what your partner has to say. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we, we desire out
0: of all of our relationships. And, you know, for you to, to do something for someone else is that, you know, compassionate, um, space holder and I think we've all been conditioned to just do for other people and then in the in the balancing of the scales then it's not sustainable and then we have to do things for ourselves and then we those things comes off as selfish you know and yeah I just think about my my first wife and my parents and being like, this is the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. You need to marry her. (laughs) Same thing. I just like, I didn't know me. I was doing for other people. I wasn't able to do myself and the same thing. It just wasn't going to work. And she's such a beautiful person. And what I've learned is that there's this, relationship that's always happening with our inner self in the external world and we are mirrored and we are met with the energies that we bring to ourselves and so when we do those hard things when we speak our truth from a compassionate space it might not be easy in the moment yet we then call in the people that will respect us Mm. because we respect ourselves and that is like really the deepest message is that There is no real selfishness when you're following the heart. You know, some things don't always work out, but if you don't go for them, you don't know what is right for you. So, you know, the mind, this is working with one of my mentors and, and best friends, Nick Hill, and I asked him a question after ceremony one night about, You know if he did this thing that my body has to do, you know adjusting my body to to move energy And he's like, you know, what you need to realize is that this body Doesn't have to do the same things as that body and it doesn't make what that body does wrong And it doesn't mean that this body is wrong you know for as many beings there are on this planet there's that many ways to God and there's that many ways of, of living and instead of thinking about what to do ground in your heart and feel what is right for you and what is right for you in this moment might be something completely different two moments from now are four paces to the left or three paces back you know each space and time and 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 placement in this in this world holds different energy yet if we always follow our heart we'll always be led to the right place because we're always unfolding our truest self when we go into the heart space. And that has been my greatest guide because the mind will always find a reason to naysay or support. There's so many voices in the head that will tell you that you did it wrong or, you know, maybe you should have did it this way or yeah, you did it right, but then this thing happens and then you second guess yourself. In hindsight, you know, it's always twenty twenty. Yet when you follow the heart, there is no wrong way. And for so much of our, our parents' life, they did what they were supposed to do for society. And some of that got pushed on to us. And we are the generation that is breaking that. And this is for you know, our generation and the generations to come to really just follow your heart from day one. Because you will always be supported by the divine. And like Ryan said, there is still depression. And I think about people that um, quit using substance. And, you know, there's this, like, fallacy that if you, you know, quit using, that life will just be easy. It's just, like, new levels of stuff that come at you. You know, it's like there's always going to be pressure. There's always going to be tension. There's always going to be friction. It's how do you respond to it and where are you responding from? Are you responding from anger or resentment or, you know, the minds, all the old story? Are you doing it from the heart and what is right for you? And I was just talking to someone a couple weeks ago about, you know, not giving a fuck. You know, being the bitch that's like that someone that doesn't take shit from no one and doesn't mean you have to be an asshole but it's just like don't let other people's story affect you in a negative way as long as you're following your heart you know there's always going to be someone that's going to be upset with what you do and there's always going to be someone that supports you and if you're grounded in the heart it you know, you don't have to question it. It's the ego that will create these stories and, and bring you down these, these deluded paths and these illusions of, of grandeur or that you're, you know, doing the right thing. But there is no right and there is no wrong. There just is what you're doing, you know, and that's the way of the Buddha, you know, following the center path and that is the space of the heart. And I think we've
2: all really stepped into that. And So how do you, like, get in touch with that? Like, if you, you know, like, haven't before, if you, you know, are... You have a big decision that you're thinking about making and you're going back and forth, like, how do you calm your mind and, and get to the heart?
0: Well, it's like what, um... Uh, Einstein says, you know, it's like none of these decisions are ever made by thinking. The more you think, you're in the head. And so that's why we sit down in meditation. We sit down in a quiet space. We go and do the things that make us happy. And we allow those things to just that, that aha moment to come up. It's like if you just, you know, the intuition isn't the thinking mind. It's the feeling mind. It's the knowing mind. And so when we just step out of it, it's like we say our prayers. We sit and meditate and we clear the day and we say our prayers for what we want. And when we pray, we always try to pray for the highest good. We don't want to actually pray for a certain outcome because then we're, you know, the mind is attached to an outcome. And so we want to release attachment, yet we always can pray for the highest outcome, the clearest expression, the shortest path, whatever it is, Um, the happiness, the feelings that we desire. And then go on our day and do the things that you have to do, whether it's the dishes, taking care of the kids, going for a walk, sitting out in the woods, sitting by the river, just um, allowing that intuition to come to you. And when it's ready, it will come. And what I've found working with energy a lot is that not always my heart and my mind are in alignment and that is when I find dissonance in the body and in the experience and so I have to then you know my heart can be fully in something but then my mind has these stories and these experiences of the past that will then cause blocks if I haven't energetically cleared some things whether it's contracts with my partners whether it's you know work around the property whether it's you know work my own work and when I then work to clear these things and ground from a, you know removing fear removing insecurity asking for the highest good grounding in the heart just bringing the energy into the heart space and asking, you know, what my heart feels. Mm. It's as simple as just asking that. And sometimes it won't always be clear because we have these dissonances between head and the heart, dissonance between the gut and the heart. You know, the, the term Messiah is that, that head, heart, and gut alignment. And so that is that space when we know all the time what to do. And we all have this potential and we're all capable of this, yet we're not always in alignment. And so the best thing to do is to clear the stuff that's in the mind, pray from the heart and just follow the path that you need to do and Mm -hmm. allow the stuff to come to you. And and you can't, you know, that, that awareness is you are never going to miss the opportunities that you're supposed to have. Mm -hmm. And like, like, Ryan said, we're all we're all from the same source and what I've realized is that like I'm in love with the feminine divine. It doesn't always have the same form. And so when we set our standards when we have integrity we have healthy boundaries and when we cut energies off that we know that no longer serve us we allow ourselves to attract those avatars or you know those expressions of them that are in the clearer, more authentic expression that we desire. And so it doesn't always, it might not be the thing that you really want, but it will be the energy that you truly desire Mm. that will come through. (laughs) And So letting go of attachment to a job, a car, a person, Mm. an object. An idea. An idea, yeah, and Mm. really just, what do you desire energetically? What do you desire? What brings you happiness? and, and maybe you don't know maybe it's like you think it's this thing and that's the that's that truth that it's like follow that and if it's not right the right thing will come in
2: yeah that's that's exactly what happened to me when I left my career I was doing you know a lot of like I was doing construction project management so like sitting on the computer looking at spreadsheets and budgets and schedules and calling contractors and all that. And uh, I knew that that didn't align with my heart. And so I started thinking like, okay, what does? And, and I came to working with my hands. Like I've always loved creating things, putting things together. Um, and so that's really all I knew. Um, and I remember going into or starting to work when I left my career, I did some carpentry jobs for a while with some some of my friends and uh, you know people that I met through that industry, and I remember thinking like I was gonna be a carpenter, you know, and I did that for about six months, and you know started to realize that wasn't it, and um, I remember being in a place of you know confusion and just i don't know what i want um but it was like i had to try i knew what i didn't want so i had to like just almost take like these baby steps and and be completely open to like okay like um i'll try this and and then i did and then i ended up glass blowing and you know that is a true love of mine and something I'm really connected with and and so yeah I definitely remember being in a spot of not knowing what to do but just having to trust in the process really and and um, you know uh, even that step into carpentry was exactly what I needed um, yeah the baby steps
0: I remember <laughs> leaving the corporate world and then managing a grocery store Even though I didn't need to, it's just like, (laughs) part of me needed to like have a transition.
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah, 100%.
1: So, what about you, Mitchell? I'm I'm thinking of uh, a lot of things, man. I'm thinking like, like knowing, hmm, it's like, not knowing what we want, or knowing what we want, or, you I just think like, I think we're all looking out too far sometimes you know it's Mm. like we automatically have to be thinking about retirement all the time (laughs) and it's like whoa slow down a little bit and uh yeah I was with a girl for seven and a half years and we did not get married I could tell it was in the you know it was in the conversation a lot um but I remember like when I first started transitioning out of the the usual work world, or shall I say, more than transitioning out of something, just transitioning into something that I really liked and loved, and I remember my very first yoga class, and it was like, you know, I think first I would talk about it, I'd be like, yeah, I'm like, I'm thinking I'm going to go do some yoga you know like like, what do you guys think you know and I'm like with my friends or like with my dad or something they're like yoga what are you going to do yoga for you know and I'm just like well I thought I was going to get some better feedback than that you know like uh, can I get a little bit of support here and um, and then that kind of just lingered on for a couple months and then It was just like, okay, so what I'm thinking here and what I was hearing and and kind of the little idea I had was, it's like, it's like whatever the intuitive hit is, whatever the thought is, like, there's so much stuff that we encounter and learn about and think about. The first step, you know, yeah, like praying and and meditating and getting your heart and, you know, and those are great things, but it's like, first step for me was just like taking a freaking leap and like jumping out of my comfort zone and it was like okay like like okay my friends think I'm gay or something because I want to do yoga and 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 that was a serious thing too and I started doing yoga and then I remember working at this company where I was like a manager and, and I would talk with the other managers and and these are guys who've been working at the companies for years and years. And, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to my first, like, uh, Native American sweat lodge, you know? And they're like, like, I remember this one guy who'd been working there for, like, 30 years. He says, hey, Mitchell, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm like, yeah. He pulls me aside and he's like, you know, like, you really, like, shouldn't tell people about all the things you're going to go do. And I was like, Nah. <laughs> I was like, no, man, I ain't never gonna not do that, you know, (laughs) like, like, if I don't, like, who cares, like, the whole, he's like, yeah, but it's like weird and shit. I said, yeah, but that ain't my problem, you know, like, I don't care how weird something is, and, um, and then just kind of kept going, and I could kind of just see where there was, like, that feeling inside of me, uh, where I wanted, I wished that my my long-term partner at the time would have asked me something like, hey, like, how do you feel about, you know, do you feel like, like your question was, you know, do you feel like you were pressured into marrying me? And, mm-hmm. and it's like, do you feel pressured into staying with me? Or whatever it would have been. I almost was like longing for a question like that.
0: Like I wished. What, what Mitchell, what, not giving a fuck about what people think.
1: Did you always hold that? No. And, and and so it was like certain levels of it. Like it took, really it was like a commitment to knowing that like comfortability was not a permanent thing or that comfortability was changing in my eyes. And it was like the uncomfortable. you know, you hear the comfort zone, comfort zone, comfort zone. And it's like, I don't know, I guess I was just more willing to go out of my comfort zone than other people were, and, and then, you know, I would hear things that would be a little discouraging, and it would put some time in between things, but then it goes back into, like, well, everything's in divine timing, so it's like, well, I guess, I mean, I'm here now a Thousand Suns, you know, 2021, you know, about to be 29 in a week, and like... And I'm, I don't know, there's so much to be blessed and thankful for and grateful for and there's so much praying that I've done and there's so much like meditation and, and meditation in a lot more forms than I ever thought meditation was. I thought meditation was like one road and I was like, oh no, never mind, like I get on my motorcycle, I meditate. I dance, I meditate. Like. Yeah, and I guess just the commitment. I, I was committed to... Like, I felt like I always had seen my future self. And so it's almost like I was, like, thinking about retirement, but in a different light.
2: Mm. And somebody was talking to me about,
1: like, what is true social security? And it was, like, creating a real community that's, like, there for you and supports you and loves you. And and that's kind of the... I like reimagined social security when I was young. So I was never worried about collecting for a four oh one K and never worried about trying to gain this retirement package. I was never worried about that stuff. Um, I have a retirement package. You know, it's called my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Believing that the universe will always support you. Yeah. yeah. Whether
0: it's through Future, so that you you can retire. But look at the people that retire; they all die after they retire, because when we stop doing, we stop living. Mm-hmm. And so, why stop? Why wait to live until you retire mm. when you can live now? Mm. And you know, I think about the uh, eagles and baby eagles will be fed by their parents to the point stop coming back to the nest and they'll watch the the baby from far enough away where the the baby can't see them and it causes the baby to have to leave the nest and if they don't do this the baby won't stop just taking food from them and we are just enabling ourselves our society is enabling us to stay in these uncomfortable situations that are Create comfortably numb experiences. And then we have situations like Ryan, you know, situations like myself. You know, I, I worked a, a, corporate co- a corporate job that I would go get high at lunch and then come back. And like, I was really good at my job, but I didn't like fucking doing it. And, you know, and I was half assed at doing it. And I. Still better than other folks. Yeah, and still better than <laughs> other folks. It was like, part of me was like, well, I just. I need to do this, like, and luckily I had other sources of income, and I had enough self-belief in myself, I'd always kind of marched to my own drum, and it was easier for me to jump out of that nest, uh, because I didn't, I had the parents that were, you know, continuing to come back, whether it's the paycheck as the parents, whether it's i always made my dinner and cleaned my house, you know. But it didn't bring me happiness. And, yeah, it's like, I just think about my cousin. I have two cousins that are from the same parents. And one moved to Portland with $1,000 to her name and, you know, was a photographer and had nothing else and made a fucking life for her and met a beautiful partner. And now they're doing really well, and her brother worked for the family business and fucked off pretty much all day until the business, you know, the business would talk shit about him behind his back and he talked shit about the job and both of them weren't fucking happy with each other, but they just kept that comfortably numb and disrespectful experience with each other because... One wouldn't push him out of the nest and the other one wouldn't jump out of the nest. And I talked to both of them. I was like, you guys are like just enabling each other to be miserable. And it took COVID and, you know, some issues with the banks where they had to really clean house and he had to take the step out and now he's fucking happy. You know, and his sister has been mm-hmm. telling him this for years. He had a good paycheck and he just didn't want to do it and then he worked for way less money and found happiness and what I found is that it's not money you know money can buy some short-term happiness but it also if you're miserable you'll spend way more money searching for happiness and when you're
1: happy you really don't need much right really it's like if you're if you're miserable and you got a bunch of money you're just gonna be shitty with your money you know Mm -hmm. and um, my my old teacher he used to say money don't bring you happiness but it sure makes it a lot easier (laughs) and uh, and I can relate to that you know it's like especially in the world we live in right now but what's interesting is I heard this term entrepreneur um, and it's like about the like um, like the freelance economy that we're like really moving into more and more and more now um, where uh, people are using their multiple skills um, to, to find revenue, you know. And, and that's something I've really been, um, I feel like has been most of my life. Um, at least the dream of it. And then now moving more into it where, you know, teaching dance, teaching yoga, doing things. And just trying to uh, make my, my skills even taking people for a nature walk together, you know, it's like, and growing things that bring uh, insights into people's lives, uh, food and medicines, and
2: yeah, and that whole like uh, what you're talking about, the the gig industry, is another term for it. Yeah, but. You know, I feel like that's what i moved into as well with, you know, some part-time glass blowing here and there and then I was picking up other stuff, doing other things on the side, and I feel like what that did for me was it got me out of, like, this box that I was in with these concrete walls that I couldn't get out of, and, um... I think that's super valuable, you know, because like for everyone, because we put ourselves into these boxes and we set up all these limitations for ourselves and really uh, they don't need to be there and life can be a lot more open. Um, And uh, I think that's where you can move into a place of the heart uh, more so because the heart your intuition like we were talking about earlier is is like those in the moment decisions it's, it's unfolding as it should but it's not being in the head thinking about 50 years down the road and, and this and that and your mortgage payment and your car payment and your bills and blah 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 it's like yeah that's uh Super important to realize and get get out of those boxes that make you think with your ego
0: Right, I just think about uh, getting robbed by the police for $400,000 <laughs> and I was doing these things that were legal, and I had right to do and I was doing them for my future to pay off the property to do these things and I wasn't living in the moment and it took losing all of that to know that like it doesn't matter fucking what I have and I don't have, I'll always have what I need. And so always go for what is right in the moment. Always have integrity with your actions because that is at the end of the day what makes Beautiful expression of consciousness of you rather than doing it for some fear or some future attachment. And it has brought so much movement and so much uh, prosperity into my life. Uh, no longer doing things out of fear.
1: Right, I was thinking like, you're actually still allowed to think about everything you've already thought about. Let's just switch it up a little bit. You, know, you can still think about retirement but like you're hearing it about what how many different ways do you hear about it I heard a thing like there's ten thousand ways to accomplish each task so it's like okay let's still think about retirement or whatever that means you know think about like sustainability for the future that's still okay to think about it's great to dream it's great to think about you know the future dreams and collecting and connecting with people and But I'm telling you right now that uh, the societal ways that we've been passed down are like not the only way. That is a fact. (laughs) You know, like I said, there's, you know, we think of what, 401k and, you know, like, who gives it? Like, come on now, what else is there to think about, you know? And
0: it's not even going to be there. You know, I think mm. about the Carpenters Union, where it's like, they blew the pension, you know? These dudes that were working till they're 55, 60, aren't going to have anything. Uh-huh. They were promised this, you know? And so, your future is never an absolute, so why...
1: You know? Yeah, or they're switching up the way it's happening. Like, um, they're making people pay more for their own futures instead of like actually having the companies and, like who, that you're putting your whole life forward for. Like, they're no longer helping you the way they used to. They're, they're putting more of it and more of it in their own pockets and, and making you pay for your own future. Um, I, you know, there's just something beautiful to like having uh, a pension or a social security that we've all kind of like worked towards um, I don't know there's just something nice there but, but when it's all just put on just your shoulders I just don't think it's right like how is there I'm not saying we need to be a, um, a, a, you know dependent on each other fully but I'm telling you right now I don't want to live alone for the rest of my life And I don't want to completely just have to depend on just my own skills. (laughs) I don't want to have to know every single thing I need. Um, And I just think of it when I was born, you know, it's like, well, thank you, mom, you know, for making sure that I was fed. Well, on
0: that note, uh, any closing statements?
1: Come here. (laughs) <laughs> you know, reach out, reach out and, uh, and, and, you know, we're still growing. And, and, and if you're hearing this, um, you know, a couple years after 2021, you know, then definitely reach out um, because we'll definitely have more and more things built more. We're, we're working towards uh, making it a retreat center, uh, comfortable for people to come and stay and come and explore these uh, new ways of thinking and exchanging. And, um, and if you have your massage license, or this license, or that, or you want to self-proclaim things, um, come and speak it, you know, come and speak it and we'll let you, you know, come to a dance class and then say, hey, I don't, ha- I don't want to give any cash, I want to, you know, I want to give you a massage after, and, and, or I want to do something, like I said, self-proclaimed skills. I want to take you for a walk through nature and show you how I hear the woods. And so on and so forth, you know. Keep going, keep going.
2: What about you guys? Yeah, just my final note would be, uh... You know, if there's anyone listening that... Has a decision that (laughs) is driving them crazy in their (laughs) lives, in their heads right now. Just to, uh... Keep on, keep on going. Like, it, uh it's all unfolding exactly how it should and just pay attention to yourself and be open to the lessons and, um, yeah, get some good people to be there for you and support you and and your truth. Yeah,
0: people that support you for you. Yes. Not the, if you don't do something for them, they cut you off. Right. the, The people that really allow you to... Speak your truth and be your truth. And really, like Ryan's saying, if you have a tough question, ask yourself, why would you make the decision that you would make? You know, what are you doing it for? Is it for someone else? Is it in the energy of fear, insecurity? You know, ground in the space of the heart, um, ground in, in your divine, in your courageous self, Clear the mind and ask from this space what feels right, and then go for it. And two steps down the road, it might change. You know, two days from down the road, it might change. Be open to flow and change, yet also just follow the heart, and it will always guide you to where you need to be. Aho, aho, aho. Thank you all for listening. Uh, like we just said, we have. Dance every Sunday, documentary night once a month, uh, men's group, women's circle, lots of awesome stuff. Go to our website, thousandsons.space, check us out on Facebook and Instagram,
1: um, Yeah, and come join the community. Thank mm. you.
2: Stay fantastic out there. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>